Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% on every single one of your orders. This podcast is also brought to you by Verb Moto. Verbmoto.com is back, people, and you need to go there. You need to support. If you want platinums, if you want more videos from Goat, uh, goat Creations and everything along those lines, you want... Wes and all the guys over at Verb Moto to continue doing what they're doing. You gotta, you gotta pay up. You gotta pay the fee. You gotta go over and and get some really cool swag. All these cool uh, clothing they got going on. I know the guy on the line that I'm talking to right now probably grew up watching all of those videos, dreaming about coming to America. Now he's showed up. It's his second time on the Big MX Radio podcast. We've seen him on a JGR Suzuki. Now we see him on a Club MX. Yamaha, where this season he's probably putting in one of the best seasons he's had, despite uh, a bit of a uh, a derailment about a week ago uh, after uh, a dislocated shoulder, maybe uh, had him a little bit worse for wear. He's currently on the med, med, but he made me eat my words this past Sunday when I said that he probably wouldn't be in top form uh, after dislocating a shoulder. Puts in a great uh, great ride. I wasn't able to pick him in Pulp Mix Fantasy, so he made me eat my words. He's none other than Enzo Lopes. Enzo, how's it going? Hey, dude, dude, how are you? Not bad, not bad whatsoever. The number 66 in your program, number one in your hearts, Enzo Lopes. Uh, one of the better interviews in the sport of motocross. Thank you so much for making time for us here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Uh, um How's uh, Salt Lake City, man? This has got to be a big change for you. Uh, probably uh, a, a place that you've you've probably been here before, but not for more than a couple of nights uh, coming in and out for a Supercross. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to say Vermoto is back, and I'm pumped about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because I did a Verb original 2013, I think. Uh, yeah, Brazil, yeah, you were David all over Bowman that thing. From yeah, yeah, he went to my house in Brazil. It was pretty sick. He spent like a week with me, and then we did another verb original in uh, in Europe, in Belgium. So yeah, I mean, I'm really excited they're back. But uh, yeah, out here in Utah, I've been here for like uh, two weeks, probably now. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, yeah almost to the day. And uh, yeah, yeah, this place is unreal, man. You know, for like just not like supercross, you know, like mountain biking, hiking, everything. We went to Park City yesterday to do a little little mountain bike ride, and the place is just incredible, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, happy to get to finish the season out here. It's not not a bad place at all to be stuck at for a month. So I'm just enjoying my time. You know, I'm trying to recover my shoulder. Like you said, I got hurt a week ago, dislocated shoulder, but I'm just trying to recover now and uh, putting as much work as I can before the last two races. Fair enough. Now let's talk about that shoulder uh, before we get too far into some of that uh, verb moto stuff. I want to circle back to that in a little bit, but um, I myself, uh, probably uh, the most experienced of any of the moto media with dislocated shoulders. I'm uh, the proud owner of two shoulders that uh, are not at full health. Um, they popped out a ton of times. And as soon as I saw you hit the ground, and we texted about this, as soon as I saw you hit the ground with your arm out, I was like, that's problem. And as soon as I saw you stand up and your elbow was dropped somewhere near uh, down by your hip, I was like, yep, that's a dislocated shoulder. Uh, you tr- kind of tried to put it back in. I-, I thought it was funny how you literally like picked it up and were sort of like, is that sort of where it's supposed to be? No, no, it's not. 
and then uh, uh, an all too familiar basically holding your arm by the forearm and, and getting yourself off the track. Um, huge, first and foremost, a huge hats off to you for even uh, getting back on the motorcycle uh, to race on Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, before uh, um, your, your series took a bit of a break. Uh, but not only getting back on the motorcycle, but also, like I said during the intro, making me eat my words when I was advising people on Pulp MX Fantasy, because you put in one of your best rides of the year. I believe you ended up with an eighth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, first of all, like, when you dislocate your shoulder, like, right after you crash, you can feel like something's not right, you know? Yeah. So, like, I felt right away. I'm like, no way, man. Because that day was the best I felt, like, all season, like, I was same time as like Jeremy Martin and March Banks, so yeah, I was kind of bummed. But luckily, the guys popped back in like a minute after. But uh, well, it's it's good to say like some some people like some cases like you dislocate your shoulder and then you pop back in. And some people are like fine; they can still move the arm, you know. But like some cases, like me, like you, like once they put it back in, like the pain still continues, you know. Yeah. It's hard to move, hard to do everything. It's just really so, sensitive. Yeah. What? It's just really sensitive, you know what I mean? Like, you go, you go to move it, it feels sensitive, it's sore, you don't have a lot of confidence in it. Like, when you go to reach for something, you immediately feel like you're basically a humorous wants to just, like, pop, like, just drop out. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the first, like, five hours after the crash, like, it was hurting really bad like my even like my whole arm was too numb for like a few like for an hour after the crash but on thursday like i spent the whole day on a sling like i i couldn't move my arm and like on the back of my head i'm like okay i won't be able to race sunday so just get back try to get back to 100 percent by the last two and that was my goal on thursday and then on friday i was a little bit better i went to the hot tub we had at, at the house moved my arm a little bit and then i'm like man i might have a shot you know and then saturday it was better i could move move it around i mean still with a lot of pain you know Mm -hmm. and then i went upstairs and told my team about it and they said if you can do one push-up uh you can race so i mean there there i was i did one push-up i was almost dying doing this one push-up but i did it so I was able to race, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was really painful. I would say one of the hardest races of my life, you know. Hundred percent. I, I it's so funny. I can relate to that story uh, tenfold because I too popped my shoulder out late in one of the seasons. Um, and here, just here, just a, a local Manitoba uh, series, nothing like uh, Monster Energy Supercross. But I popped the shoulder out on a Saturday. And then that Wednesday, I, I literally made myself do a shoulder workout, like shoulder press, the whole nine yards, trying to just, I'm like, if, if my shoulder can get through that, it can for sure get through race day. So I did that whole thing, this, this really hard shoulder workout. I was like, it, it stayed in, it was super sensitive, and I literally raced that next Sunday, and I got through the entire day until the, the corner before the last corner of the day, like the last corner before the finish line of my fourth moto of the day, someone took up my front wheel, I put my arm out, out, out the shoulder came. So I'm glad that uh, your, your uh, racing experience was a little bit different than mine, um, racing on a freshly dislocated shoulder. No way, that's not... Yeah, I mean, man. I got lucky as well, because on, on the first uh, start we had, like, I had the best, uh, start of my season like I was in third and then Saxton landed on me oh that's right so, too then, 
Yeah, luckily he didn't land on me. He landed on the back of my bike. Yeah. And, and I ended up crashing and on my right side, which is my bad shoulder. But right. luckily nothing happened. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. Because at that rhythm, they were like, uh, they were going three out. I think Mattress and uh, Saxton. And I went double, double single to the inside. And, yeah, I wasn't expecting. But, uh, yeah, luckily I got up and, uh, yeah, could still finish the race. <laughs> No doubt, man. Well, uh, so how did this all come about? You now with the Club of Max Yamaha team, um, you, you look at home on the motorcycle, even though, uh, from my understanding, you were a KTM kid, uh, in, in amateurs right up until, uh, you switched to Suzuki's with JGR. Um, like, uh, how at home do you feel on the motorcycle? Uh, you seem to be rather comfy. Uh, and then uh, putting in a lot of time over at Club MX. I think you were, you were probably riding there for a good amount of time prior to being on that team, but still, um, it, it seems like a team that's getting a little bit better every year. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, we're at, like, Club is a very small team, but I feel like we're making, like, big strides this year, you know? Yeah. And I feel like every year the team keeps getting better and better. And, uh, yeah, we had uh, some good races with uh, me, and then obviously Joey, you know, the first few rounds, unfortunately he crashed, mm-hmm. and he as well. But uh, yeah, I mean the Yamaha, our bikes are really, really good with the twisted engine and the suspension. Yeah, the whole package is really good for being like privateer. The bike is amazing. And uh, to be honest, like at first the Yamaha was a little timid to ride with it. I thought like I thought it was gonna be like a big bike or something. But yeah, why, they, they look wide, Yamaha. like for whatever reason, like they look wider than they are maybe i don't know do they feel do they feel wide or they look, they look wide no not at all like that was the thing for me you know the first day i got on the bike to test i'm like dude this is crazy kind of blew my mind you know like and how good it turns so like i was really really impressed and uh yeah like you said we put in a lot of work in the off season we were riding four days a week and like i've never trained so much in my whole life so yeah, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to everyone at club for us putting the work, you know. And uh, they're not a great thing there, you know. It's just because you're always riding with someone faster. Like, there's me training there, Kyle Peters, uh, even Justin. He was training there for a while. Josh Hill, Justin Brayton. So like, there's always fast dudes, you know. So you gotta keep your pace up. So I feel like that's what helps the most. But yeah, our tracks there too is just unbelievable. Like the dirt is amazing. Absolutely, as well as I think your uh, your brother in law is there all the time too. If I'm not cur- if I'm not mistaken, dude, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that alone, man. Uh, that is so funny. Dude, every, every time Racer I post something about my name, they always put like Phil's brother in law. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that. That's Mathis every time he does that. That is so funny. Um. Yeah, hey, like uh, that. That like, have I, I have a sister as well, and I probably had to have dealt dealt with something like along those lines a couple of different times. Uh, it comes part and parcel with being uh, having having a sister, but uh, that, that's got to be an interesting scenario. But, but, it's, but it's not. It's not Phil. For me, it's Phil. <laughs> yeah, it's Phil. It, like it, like the the problem is that it's Phil. <laughs> no, but I mean, all jokes apart, I mean, I just want him to be happy, you know? Absolutely. He can, he, he can be grumpy sometimes, but he helps me a lot, so yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Absolutely. Like, grumpy as all heck, but also probably one of the... Uh, he's, like, he's low-key got one of the biggest hearts in the sport. Um, obviously, like, you, you're, you're, you're hunkered down in, uh, in Salt Lake. Uh, like you said, even with the dislocated shoulder, can't stay off the mountain bike trails, gotta go enjoy it, hiking, you name it. Um, what about the back-to-back races? You guys started out with three in a row, um... Like the recovery time, obviously you guys would be doing a lot of riding in general to begin with. Uh, obviously, like you probably didn't do any practicing between these races, especially uh, between your second and third races because you're you're uh, just recovering from the shoulder. Um, but what about the fatigue factor? A lot of people were talking about the uh, the altitude, the just the the back to back races, the intensity of racing. Have you felt? Uh, like you've really needed th- these days that you've had off just to sort of lay low and, and sort of just survive between these races or it has not been too bad? Oh, yeah, for sure, you know. I mean, it's easy to uh, kind of like uh, get, get uh, how do you say, like uh, kind of get uh, get away with like mountain biking and stuff, but you got to like take care, you know, of your body because like you got to be 100% to race their bikes. I mean, obviously the views are cool for mountain biking and stuff, but we got to be 100% on Wednesdays and, and Sundays now, you know. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing for me, you know. Like, I would just, uh, between the races, I would just do a little spin. Like, uh, let's say I raced on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, I'll, no. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, yeah, I'd just do a little spin and then race on Wednesday, you know. And just, like, we were racing, like, every, how do you say, like, two days. So, like, you don't need to ride in between. I feel like for me, you know. Because it's really close to each each race. So, I mean, yeah. You just got to take your time and get used to the altitude, you know. But uh, for me, like, the altitude, I kind of like it, you know. I'm I'm used to it because I raced Mammoth growing up as an amateur. Right. And then I raced Denver in Colorado last year, Supercross. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I have a really good fitness. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, as far as outdoors goes, uh, you might find yourself back in at altitude when they head back to Colorado. What's uh, the Club of X's team uh, plans to, to go outdoors if there is a series outdoors? And uh, obviously, um, outdoors is obviously something that you grew up doing a lot of. It's something that I think you excel at. Um, even though you are have a lot of talent in Supercross, um, you're, you're one of the, the few young amateur riders, or not amateur riders, but young pros, uh, only I believe this is your third full year uh, as a pro, that actually seems to have uh, as much, if not more, talent outdoors than you do in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, always growing up, I thought I would be better at motocross, but I feel like it's kind of changed, you know? I mean, obviously, my first rookie year in Supercross was pretty tough. But like now, this year, like, I feel like I'm I'm proving and getting better at Supercross now, you know, which is pretty cool. You know, I feel like my style suits me better. But uh, yeah, like you said, I grew up <laughs> racing motocross, so it's something that comes easier to me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as of, as of right now, I mean, club is a Supercross only team, so yeah, I don't I don't have anything for outdoors, like anything at all. So. I, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. So, yeah, we'll see. You just gotta, uh, just gotta, you know, do the last two races. Hopefully, get a, some good races in, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I really wish I can be lined up at. Uh, I think it's Ironman, the opening round. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. One day at a time. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Just maybe throwing out the idea that your your old team uh, might be looking for a, a 250 guy. If I'm not mistaken, Jim, Jim, did Jimmy Dakota like completely just hang up the boots? Like, I, I, or is that something I just heard? Is Dakota uh, done? I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. Like, I saw his post. I'm not sure if it's only, like, for a period of time or it's, like, full time, you know, because uh, Lyme disease is no joke. Like, I, I was with him when he was, like, uh, having some effects and it's not good you know so i mean i do have i do hope like he gets to you know figure this out and uh he's a really really good rider and a good like a good friend of mine so uh i'm not sure i'm not sure but uh hopefully he'll be back soon yeah, the be, all the best to the Ripa. He's uh, um, he's a, a talented kid, really uh, entertaining guy to have around the sport. So hopefully he's not totally done. But uh, I would love to see you uh, racing outdoors. You were nice enough to send us one of your uh, your jerseys from your rookie year. That was incredible. Is that like like to me? Obviously, growing up playing hockey, rookie cards are like the ultimate in like kind of like rarity that you're gonna find. And basically, getting your uh, eight sixteen jersey is basically the uh, the equivalent to that. So that was kind of cool. I appreciate it. Um, last couple of rounds of Supercross, obviously, one of them being the uh, the shootout with both coasts coming together. Uh, what kind of goals do you have set for yourself to uh, to finish out the last two rounds of Supercross um, in Salt Lake? Uh, you obviously want to end on a positive note, but uh, um, maybe you have a few different uh, results in mind. Maybe you'd like to be uh, like no no worse than uh, I guess like no worse than no worse than tenth place over the last two. Uh, maybe crack the top five at some point. Uh, what, what do you have your sights set on, or is it just stay on two wheels and uh, and stay healthy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just stay on two wheels, like you said, just stay healthy. You know, I mean, I don't really uh, focus on like. Uh, like a certain result result how to say it? just hard for me and a certain like position you know i just go out there and try to do my best because i know if i do like all i've got i mean it's gonna be the end the end the uh, end result will be good you know but uh my ac- actual goal now is to crack in the top five in the championship i'm uh, i'm currently in seventh right now 10 points out of fifth place so uh even though i missed that race with the shoulder so yeah i mean i just gotta put some uh good two good races in and uh feel like the east west shootout will play a big factor in that so uh yeah we'll see but i feel like i got a good shot at this yeah actually a really good start at the uh a really good last two rounds you could seriously see yourself in top five i believe um like Swole is uh, like he he also missed a race, much like your uh, your injured race. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that would be sort of right up your uh, or so that's like exactly what you're uh, driving at as far as uh, uh, to finish off the season. Um, probably not something that you really had in mind rolling into the season. Obviously, you wanna you wanna improve, you wanna see dividends in your work. But top five in a season that or a series. That would be a huge feather in your cap rolling into 2021, um, where we hope that we'll, there will be fans in the stands. Like, you yourself, obviously growing up, uh, imagining and, and dreaming about racing in front of thousands of fans, you've done plenty of that so far. What has it been like racing in empty stadium, especially the first race, where it was like as much of a day race as you could possibly have, even the main events were at full sun? Uh, that's got to be different. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's completely different. I mean, it's... It's it's crazy to be honest, you know, sitting on the line, you know, no fans like with like 
the race without that hype, you know, like the fire going on, and then there's the guy like yelling at the microphone, like it's racing, you know, like yeah. Supercross. It's, Lurch. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah, that one. But uh, it, it feels like practice, you know. It's it's so weird. But uh, and it was my first time racing like uh, on a on, on a day, you know, like with a set out. So that was pretty pretty weird too. So yeah, I mean, I wish we did have fans, but uh, I mean, right now, like with these times, you know, I'm just grateful we get to go race, you know. Hundred percent. Now we we talked about uh, Verb right off the hop with the podcast. Of course, they're a sponsor of the podcast, and uh, and they they bring you this show. And I, I think they're the official sponsor for this particular guest, Enzo Lopes, here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Um, but you mentioned you were you were featured in a, in an original as well as you went uh, overseas to do some racing. Um, like, what are some of your memories from Verb? Obviously, working with them as a film crew—that's super cool. That's that is uh, incredible to even uh, at all be a part of. Um, but uh, in addition to that, you're very much like myself, of course, being from Canada and many uh, a couple thousand kilometers away from uh, from California or any uh, place where I could ride all the time. Um, I, I got to imagine that at some point you uh, like you you spent a lot of time on the computer. Watching uh, watching Verb Moto videos or putting DVDs into your uh, your DVD player over and over and over again. Uh, what were some of the videos that you grew up watching and uh, made a big impact on you? Helped you like basically fall in love with the sport so that you can get to where you're at right now. Dude, I would say like all the uh, uncut, uncut videos from like all the amateur races. Like they would put like Cincerillo and uh, Cooper Ab, all the guys. Like I would watch them over and over again. Like and because uh, it was my dream to be there, you know, like at that at those at that time, like I was a, still like a '65 kid, you know, like watching them race. It was pretty pretty cool to me, you know. And then there's that uh, that video with uh, Rensland. I forgot the name. And oh, uh, was that uh, War? Uh, what uh, War Machines? I don't know. Like, uh, were him and Plessinger just been hitting huge jumps? At his at, at residence place, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's War Machines. That's the second segment from War Machines, and a really good song too, by the way. Dude, yeah, I mean, just so many memories, you know. And then to have my own Verb original, it was, I mean, it's badass. You know, I'm so stoked they're back. Yeah, I actually just texted the other day David from Europe. I said, like, dude, I'm stoked you guys are back. And uh, yeah, I also got featured in the cover of the. Matter uh, magazine because used to work together with Verb too. Oh so yeah, 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 cool. yeah. Andrew Campo, who was running Verb. Yeah, you were on the cover of Meta. That's kind of cool. Like a, like a coffee table book. Dude, I'm not. I don't remember. I, I feel like it's the cover. It's been a while, but I don't remember. But I mean, I was in there. <laughs> I was in there somewhere <laughs> in the magazine. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, uh, no, think yeah. Yeah, no, David, we did a really, we did a big interview. It was really, really cool. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so growing up racing amateurs-wise, like how much travel was involved for you, obviously from Brazil, but you did come over to the States rather young. I believe you were still on Super Minis when you came over uh, racing KTMs. Uh, what was that situation like for you? How soon, how early did you come over? 
And uh, obviously, your parents must have been extremely invested in uh, in, in your success on two wheels, and and, and clearly it, it paid off because that's that's where you're at right now. You you've ridden for one factory team, and uh, if these results continue, I wouldn't be surprised to see you get a ride uh, on a very legit team for uh, for 2000 and uh, 2021. Yeah, I mean, uh, I grew up racing in Brazil, and uh, I'm a uh... I, I won all like the championships in like 50s, 65s, 85s. And then in 2010, we started like coming back and forth to America and we started doing like the amateur races. And then, yeah, I mean, 2010 was really hard. I mean, I was kind of like nervous about racing here, kind of timid. And then 2011, I got uh, second at Loretta's in the 65 class because in the second motor, my bike broke and I got seventh. So I went two seven one for second overall, and then after that I went to the junior championship, and then I got second as well. Prado won that year. And okay, I got no big deal. And after, yeah, and then, yeah, Hunter Lawrence was there as well. He got fourth, and then yeah, it's like I was I was looking at the lap times, and like you can see the names, and it's just crazy to think that you know, like me, Prado, Lawrence, yeah, it's badass. But, that, uh, yeah, after yeah, that, I got hired by Red Bull. And then, yeah, I mean, from uh, from 2010 to 2016, I used to, like, come back and forth, you know, from Brazil to here and then yeah. back. But then 2016, I, I moved full-time to California to pursue my dream, you know. And, uh, yeah, 2018, I got the car from JGR, moved to North Carolina, and, uh, yeah, there I am still. There you are. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing to uproot yourself, go to the other side of the country. At least with that, you're probably closer on time zone to uh, some people back home. Um, is Brazil on Eastern time? They must be. Uh, Brazil is one one hour ahead. An hour ahead of Eastern time. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it was really hard on my family, like, you know, mm-hmm. money-wise, to yeah. be able to race you. Especially now, you know, because, like, uh, $1 is six from our money. So everything is so, so expensive. So, you know, you, I just got to twist the throttle, you know, and make a living out of this because it, it's just hard, you know. For sure. No, you need to uh, to get those top five finishes, get those, uh, those bonus checks from Yamaha. Uh, your first year on Blue Crew, um, obviously you're, you're sort of like a hired gun at this point. You're, 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 I, I feel like you'll be a bit nomadic until you uh, like lock down a, a spot for a, a couple of years, or maybe you'll be a year to year guy. Um, like, of course, like as we said on the, off, earlier in the show, uh, Club MX, fantastic team. They take make strides every single year to make that program better, the bike better. Um, but they're not a factory effort. Of course, uh, you'd, you'd like to find yourself back on uh, on a factory supported team, uh, maybe with Star Racing or one of those other teams growing up, um, or uh, that that are up there. Um, what what's the team that you grew up uh, you grew up looking at and watching and sort of idolizing a little bit? Like, one, what's that team that you sort of were like, yeah, I want to be like those guys one day. Uh, I would say uh, KTM, you know, because like I said, I I grew up racing KTM. Yeah. So like Red Bull KTM, you know, I was I was like I I, I was I mean I'm still like you know really like the team, you know, pretty badass like group of guys. 
But uh, yeah, I grew mm-hmm. up looking for Red Bull KTM team. <laughs> but uh, I mean, all the teams, you know, all the teams are good, and I just, I just feel like I need opportunity, like one shot, and uh, yeah, I'll make it worth it. Fair enough. Making the best of these opportunities up in the states, missing things back in uh, in back home in Brazil. I imagine. Uh, what are some of the things you missed most about uh, being back in Brazil? I got I guaranteed probably family, friends, and I gotta get. I gotta imagine there's a few f- uh, food uh, dishes that uh, you just can't find in the states. No, you said it. yeah, family, friends, and food. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the food here, food. I mean in Brazil, there it's it's so good. You know, it's just the culture. You know, I it's where I grew up, so it's uh, it's completely different. I kind of like I joke with the boys here at the house. I'm saying like their breakfast is like so weird, like you know broccoli, bacon, eggs. Like for us in Brazil, like that's super weird. You know, like our biggest meal is lunch. So I mean. Yeah, I'm kind of getting used to it right now, but uh, I do like food in Brazil so much, so I miss it. <laughs> Fair enough. What, what, uh, like, if you're uh, having a, a girl over, you have to make her dinner. What's Enzo Lopes' go-to dish that he can actually cook? And don't say a grilled cheese. Oh no, rice, beans. Okay. I'll probably do uh, broccoli, beet, Ooh, and uh, yeah, I'll do uh, I'll do a little steak. Okay, steak, steak and veggies. I like that. That's a that's a healthy ass meal right there, man. Um, you can cook for yourself. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean I do cook, but I mean it's not the same flavor as when my mom does it for me. So. No. Yeah, miss you, mom. No kidding. Not <laughs> no kidding. That's hilarious. Um, well. Enzo, as always, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate you making time for us. I assume you probably have a fun-filled afternoon uh, to get to in in Salt Lake, so we'll get, let you get to that. But uh, um, really appreciate you, you coming on the show and giving us the time, man. Yeah, no, like I said, thanks for having me. I don't, I don't really get opportunities to do this, so I'm really, really stoked. And, uh, yeah, thank you. I'm about to go on a little mountain bike ride now, just a little cruise, and, uh, yeah, Happy to go racing a few days. Absolutely, my friend. Well, uh, appreciate the time. Enjoy the mountain bike ride. Take care of that shoulder. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you in a few weeks' time to uh, to cap off the Supercross season and see what might be on the horizon for you to uh, uh, get some knobbies in the dirt come the outdoors. Sound good? Sound good to me. Yeah, hopefully I get, I'll, get, I'll have some good news, too, about outdoors. Perfect, man. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there.